Fatigue is different than being tired. When you are tired, you know that if you can just get some sleep, you will feel better. But fatigue is still there when you wake up. It stays with you all day. It is a lack of energy, a feeling of mental, emotional, and physical exhaustion. Hello and welcome to episode 108 of Under the Cowl of MS. This is just an MS Deep Dives episode, so it's going to be all about MS. So if you're not interested in that, then catch us on the next one. Today we're going to focus on fatigue and maybe a little bit other stuff. Depending on what we come across and what time we have left, but not always possible. <laughs> not always is it possible to do everything. Sometimes it's better to just pick one or two things to tackle rather than trying to do it all. Instead of multitasking, try cluster tasking. Use an activity that you do often, such as checking emails and cluster the task into two or three designated sessions a day, rather than constantly checking messages throughout the day. There's so much social media crap out there. You could be just sitting there staring at that monitor all day long. But some must do it first thing in the morning because of afternoon, get their things out of the way in the morning because the fatigue gets way worse in the afternoon. I know it's the majority of us, I believe, deal with our fatigue this way. I know I can start out in the morning, hardly able to walk and move. Once I get my medications in me and get my pain meds in and all that, and I can stand up without slowly fighting to get each joint gradually straightened and I can move I get a little bit more flexibility but I only got about a three to five hour window of that before I lose it. So I take advantage of it to what I can. I try not to overdo it too much because then I can be laid up for a couple days or a couple weeks. But I just focus on try and focus on one thing at a time. I got about 50 things going on at once right now, but I try and tackle them one thing at a time. I just put my piles everywhere, and when I get to the ready to do a different thing or need to do something else, I go do it and instead of doing them all at once. Uh, social media, I catch things throughout the day. I don't on Facebook and stuff like that. There's nothing interesting unless someone contacts me. Or if there's a live Facebook event or something like that, I do not do Twitter. I have yet to get on platforms like that and Instagram and all that stuff. Oh, it's I just basically use my computer to do my podcasting, do research, and listen to music, play games. That's about it. Not too big on the social media stuff. But uh, MS fatigue cuts across age, gender, and ethnicity and can occur at any stage of the disease. 
fatigue levels frequently vary, making it difficult to predict how you'll feel on any given day and when you'll hit a wall. And unlike typical feelings of tiredness, MS-related fatigue can have an enormous impact on how you function in every aspect of your life. Playing havoc with relationships, jobs, hobbies, and even simple everyday tasks like getting dressed or cooking dinner. Like MS itself, the cause of fatigue in MS is unknown. But researchers do know there are two types of MS-related fatigue, primary and secondary. Primary fatigue is related directly to the disease of MS. This type of fatigue may be due to several causes. One potential culprit is immune system hormones called cytokines, which are released as part of the inflammatory process in MS. Cytokines, or cytokines are what make you feel weak and exhausted when you have the flu or an infection. And we have it all the time. Well, not all of us, but most, some of us, most of us, whatever. I have it. Uh, when I speak of us and everything, I'm talking about myself and many others may experience these things like I do, or they may experience them differently. But just so you know, I'm not pinpointing that everybody has, everybody deals with any of the things I talk about. If you do, you understand. If you don't, then you're lost. <laughs> and you might learn something. You might have to deal with it in the future. You never know. One potential culprit is immune system hormones. Oh, I see. Brain fatigue, I'm repeating. Demyelination and the subsequent decline in nerve conduction can may, may also lead to a gradual erosion of muscle strength and endurance. Another suspected cause of fatigue has to do with how MS interrupts nerve pathways in the brain. As a result, the brain may have to enlist more regions to do a task that one region could normally do on its own. MS can require your brain to recruit other areas to do a simple task, which slows down your mental processes. And you got secondary fatigue. Usually, it is usually due to MS symptoms. For instance, depression is a common symptom of MS, and fatigue is a frequent symptom of depression. Bladder issues that force you to wake up throughout the night and interrupt your sleep can worsen fatigue. So can muscle spasms and pain. MS-related heat sensitivity can worsen the typical fatigue many people feel when temperatures soar. And some medications may contribute to fatigue. Chronic stress can also be a cause of fatigue. There's pretty much anything can just increase your fatigue that causes other issues. One-stop shop includes an occupational therapist who can help with energy conservation solutions at work and home, and a physical therapist who designs personalized exercises to improve muscle strength and mood. A neuropsychologist addresses the mental and emotional 
aspects of fatigue, and a doctor and nurse practitioner evaluate patients for secondary causes of fatigue, making referrals to specialists like urologists or psychiatrists, or even if you need foot or knee doctors or anything like that to help with pains. Now they're getting into pain management. Doctors is a separate doctor, which is stupid to me because it's like you tell someone what you got, what you're dealing with, what you're thinking, what you need. You talk over stuff with them and they say, okay, you need to go see pain management. Pain management's the one that's going to set you up with the drugs that you're going to need to take for whatever issues you're having. Because a few years ago, doctors were given opioids, like candy canes and suckers uh and people got highly addicted and you could walk in anywhere i mean i could just in one day i could see a few doctors and end up with about half a dozen different opioids in my house but i didn't i wasn't i don't care for them i don't use them unless i'm in severe pain like after a surgery or something that i will need them for that but other than that you can take those things and shove them sun don't shine so that's probably not a good thing either because then they'll probably be an increased effect because you're inserting them rectally <laughs> i know some people that are drug addicts end up to that point where they'll shove alcohol up their ass or something like that to increase the Oh, yeah. <laughs> Never mind. Don't listen to me. I'm just yapping away. But, uh, yeah, it's, so now we got pain management doctors, and they, got, they don't know what we're dealing with, and then we got to try and re-explain it to them. And they're not an MS-related doctor, so they don't understand what our level of issues compared to normal people's level of issues. And when we express, like, fatigue and stuff, there'll be a lot of them think like the saying did at the beginning it's not just your basic tiredness this isn't something that can go away by taking a nap it's something that's there permanently and it, i don't know the hospital symptoms or system is getting worse and worse and doctors stuff just covering for other doctors every time someone turns around sues someone you got another new issue you gotta adapt with and deal with but Finding your fatigue. Let's start by keeping a diary of our fatigue. Track what points of the day we feel the most tired and what we were doing when that hit us uh, or what was happening around us at that time. While fatigue levels can vary from day to day, this can help you determine a pattern of when you tend to feel most exhausted and what may exasperate it, which I agree and disagree with. I agree keeping a diary, and it helps let us know when things happen and helps us explain it to our doctors when we see them. But I I could be doing nothing, and all of a sudden I'd stand up and basically be ready to fall face first, face plant to the floor, and just pass out. And it just hits you all of a sudden, so strong that you can't move or can't think can't keep your eyes open and just or you can have milder forms and just weird how it goes throughout the day but i don't think 
anything I've done increases it because, like I said, I can be doing literally nothing. And it just amps up. So still good to keep a diary so you can let your doctor know different issues and things that you've dealt with. Because a lot of times we will forget what we want to talk to our doctor about when we get to the office. And that helps having it in front of us. Spoon theory is a big thing that came out, I don't know, 10 or so years ago. All of a sudden, you start seeing it everywhere. Use that to help determine what's truly important to you and what you can let go. Start by imagining you have 10 spoons to use throughout your day. When you're confronted with an activity or obligation, ask yourself, is this something I want to waste a spoon on? So you just use those spoons sparingly and instead of just pushing and pushing and Overworking yourself throughout the day and making making the fatigue worse than it already is. But ask them to imagine they have a chronic problem and then say, that's my fatigue. It can overtake my attention and physical function for a period of time. Go away and then come back. You know how when you go to the gym and work out too much and your legs feel like jelly? Yeah. That's how I feel most of the time. Well, it seems more like work than fun. It just anything you do, it's just you try and just go see someone, visit someone, or do something light, and it just ends up being very stressful, very hard on you. Wipes out your system. But you gotta think about that. Think about whether or not stuff's going to affect you different ways. And people that you don't want to discuss your disease with, you can just tell them that you have a health condition that causes a lot of fatigue. And this is what I need to do. So just let me do this. Don't tell me what I should do. Tell me how... You feel a fatigue. Don't tell me that you can, you know, someone that did this, this, or this, and their issues are gone. It's like, don't tell us anything unless you have what we have and are dealing with the same level of our issues. Don't try and explain it to us. We spend our whole life dealing with doctors, research. Everything we can. I don't think I go a day without talking to someone about my condition that also has the condition. And those are the people I want to talk to. I don't want to talk to people that have no knowledge of what's going on. Because all you're going to do is piss me off and then I'm going to end up in jail. <laughs> I'm going to do something stupid. And just, I just can't tolerate ignorance anymore. I've just gotten frustrated with it I just don't like dealing with people that think they know more than everybody else when they know less than anybody some medications can directly influence fatigue levels so it is important to discuss your options with your health care providers and tell them about all the medications that you're taking including any over-the-counter medications any type of uh natural medic natural items and stuff like that because they can conflict each other and you doctors 
I'll give you their own medications, but they don't really consider what other medications you're taking. Yeah, you have to bring a list of meds to your appointments. But I still, we have a wonderful pharmacist in our town, and he will tell call doctors and say, why did you prescribe this when this person is on this and this and this? It's conflicting with them. It can cause these issues. And then they're like, okay, well, then we're going to have to modify and change something else or whatever. But it's like, I wish all pharmacists were like that because doctors do not pay attention. They're too busy dealing with patient to patient. It's understandable. But the nurses should be reevaluating all that, in my opinion, and making sure that we don't have conflict with other medications. But any treatments for pain, spasticity, or bladder. Overactivity can have sedating side effects and so can com so can compound the effect of fatigue. Uh, some MS disease modifying therapies, DMTs, can make primary fatigue worse. It may also contribute to depression-related fatigue. On the other hand, research shows that other DMTs can reduce symptoms of fatigue and depression. So it's like coin flip uh, what your doctor sets you up with what you're taking what what side effects you gotta deal with some pain medications and antidepressants can cause or aggravate fatigue there are medications specifically for fatigue but but their side effects vary and their actual effects vary amantadine has been helpful for some people with ms uh, I used amantadine. I think I might even, not even sure I might still be on it, but it hasn't done nothing for my fatigue. My levels are still where they were at. CPAP, that didn't do shit for my fatigue, which I was told it would. It just frustrates the hell out of me every night. Uh, more success was found with Provigil. Provigil or Nuvigil, which are stimulants originally designed to treat narcolepsy. I can't remember if I took one of those or not. I think I may have. On the minus side, Provigil and Nuvigil are expensive and may make people feel wired. But reducing the dosage may help with both of these factors. Stimulants like Dexedrine. Ritalin and Adderall are cheaper. I know I was on Ritalin for a while, and the doctor just kept on me to increase it instead of putting me on Adderall, which I preferred to go on. But they can create the same jittery feelings and have been linked to cardiac and thyroid issues. One of the reasons I jumped off mine, I'm on enough heart medications and other stuff, I don't need to worry about Ripping the hole open in my aorta because I'm amped up on some type of meds and my blood pressure's cranked up. One key point to consider when defining your fatigue is that it may not just be physical or cognitive. There are also emotional aspects that can influence how your fatigue manifests. Someone might feel so overwhelmed by their disease that they can't get out of bed. People might have difficulty paying attention for long periods of time. 
mental or emotional fatigue might make people with MS feel less motivated to do anything that requires physical effort. Uh, you could include yoga, progressive muscle relaxation, or something as simple as five-minute meditative breaks every hour to pace yourself and help conserve some energy. Organizing your day in ways that optimize your energy is a plus. You might need to cut back your work schedule to deal with your fatigue. How you physically move around. Standing uses more energy than sitting. Sitting in a in an ergonomic chair that encourages proper posture can reduce your daily energy expenditure by as much as 25%. Calm colors and cool temperatures in your home or office can also reduce the external factors that help create fatigue and can appropriate lighting, as can appropriate lighting. Uh, make sure you got the right lights. Certain fluorescence and stuff can really mess with your brain issues. Uh, organize your space so you don't have to make multiple trips around the room to do simple tasks. Uh, another option is to prepare meals during the weekend, freeze them, and then reheat on evenings when you feel too fatigued to cook. I like making big batches of everything. Uh, it's a cold time of year here in Wisconsin right now, so I like to do chilies and soups, stuff like that. Um, tuna helper and things that you can make big, huge batches that people can munch on all week long. And then if I'm not in the mood to cook or eat dinner with everybody, I can just say, hey, help yourself to leftovers and go at it. But pacing yourself by scheduling rest breaks throughout the day, even if you feel like you don't need them. Occupational therapists who understand MS can help you figure out how to order and prioritize your day, week, or month to help you successfully manage your fatigue, as well as help others understand your abilities. When the fatigue hits and feel like you've been run over by a freight train, then it starts to have then a lot of us will start to have elevated MS symptoms because of it. Pain in hips, numbness in arms, all that can be associated with it. Uh, so you got to watch out for those type of things and make sure that you don't have any thing that causes your fatigue to worsen. Uh, look out and make sure you can do what you can to make your life easier on yourself and don't be afraid to sit down when you're doing stuff i don't care if people look at you in a weird way it's i roll a kitchen chair around with me when i'm working in the kitchen so i can constantly take my breaks i i, I love standing and talking to people but if i'm standing I'm still positioned for over five minutes my body just starts they can't see it, but every muscle in my body just starts to vibrate and shake. And I'm just waiting for my legs to just give out and my whole body to drop down on the ground. It's just how I, I feel it's my body's 
progressing, so you got to watch out for things like that. Uh, evidence is beginning to show that mind-body work is effective in improving depression, anxiety, fatigue, and balance in individuals with MS. When people meditate, they feel centered, calm, and energy. So let's just end this session. It might get cut off in the end or whatever. So no matter what, have a great day. Take care of yourself. Listen to your body. Be nice to others. We are, we're all on this planet together. So get your heads out of your ass and quit fighting over stupid things. and <laughs> Work together. But just find a comfortable spot. You can sit, lay on a chair or on the floor. You can even do mindfulness meditation when you're walking or whatever. Don't close your eyes and go walking into a street or something. But sit comfortably in a chair or on the floor right now if you'd like. And just close your eyes. You don't have to. I prefer to so I can think about something, focus on something. I like to go to my happy space. My happy space is this little nook in the middle of some huge, beautiful mountains. And I got my little cabin with a creek running down from the mountains, from the uh, snow caps. And it fills my pond just outside. And I got my fish, pond full of fish. And I can just sit there and meditate. No one else is around me. And there's no other houses towns or anything i'm just out in the middle of the mountains that's my happy place make your own happy place whatever you can but close your eyes take a few slow deep breaths in through the nose out through the mouth Feel like you're breathing in good aura around you. And you're just breathing out all the ugh, all the darkness, all the bad stuff inside you. Just release the pain. Get rid of the pain. Breathe in. Breathe out. Long, slow breaths. Then I, after doing a few nose-to-mouth breaths, I go just breathing through the nose the rest of the time. Myself, you can do whatever makes you comfortable. Just keep thinking about the breaths. Focus on the breath. Don't think about daily activities. Don't think about problems around you, stress, and all that. Just think happy thoughts. Go to your happy place. Notice the parts of your body as you breathe. I like to just like imagine that you got this white good aura on the surrounding outside of your body. And every time you breathe in, you're absorbing that goodness. And I think about where it's going through my body. It's going down through my chest, down into my stomach, through down to my feet have a sense of relaxing those different parts of your body notice those bodies any pains that you're dealing with your feet or whatever then work your way up the next breath go to your ankle your calf work your way up to your knee slowly breathing in and out and 
listen, if you're lucky enough to be where the weather's nice and you can sit outside, I love sitting out in the middle of the yard and just listening to the birds while I'm meditating. You can meditate for five minutes, 15 minutes, a half hour, however long you want, however long it feels good, whatever you want or have time for. Thank you. Work your way up into the groin, your hips, your stomach. Go up through your spine, your chest, your heart, your shoulders, your elbows, your arms, your hands. Up through your neck, your brain, your eyes, your nose, your mouth, your jaw. Anywhere you have issues, anywhere you need release, just think of those areas in with the good and out with the bad. Notice your whole body as one, feeling good. Take a few last breaths. And open your eyes. And go on into your day, hopefully feeling just a little bit better. Take those breaks when you need them. Let your body recover. Be good. Have a wonderful day, and we will talk to you again soon.